Good morning, Lagos. My name is Barry Burroughs Vivo. I'm Labour Party governorship candidate, and we're live here and we're discussing the elections that are coming up and everything about Lagos. Thank you so much. P.S. Boys and girls, you might notice that the end of this episode is a little bit rushed. That is because he had to rush out to his next appointment. So there were some things we couldn't cover, but we had a great conversation anyway. So listen up and see you all out voting on Saturday. Bye. Are you into big ball? I actually do want to travel around Nigeria. It's just a trip. Oh, go to go. What's up? I asked a question. The teacher said, is it time for questions? <laughs> Can't you wait? This is the podcast for you. I mean, just a sidebar to questions. Nobody's getting saved by the fact that you're not getting some. Act of being an adult, grown up city. <laughs> yeah. What we're talking about. I said what I said. The Unsolicited Opinions podcast starts now. Who was prepared for this? Hello, boys and girls. Hello, all. How are you doing? Somebody asked uh, not, we're not, we're not longer asking them how. How are you? Did you guess? So the thing is, you can't answer. So anyway, how are you? Hope you are well. Whatever. Um, today we have quite the episode, don't we? How come this is nicer than mine? Okay, for what? Okay, for him, you made it. <laughs> mine is Nescaf. Yeah. When you become governor, I want you to arrest this boy. <laughs> Mm. And to arrest this boy as a this this we as don't a like him I don't even like him <laughs> at all. <laughs> just, just as your first point of call, mm. there's a list I'm going to send to you. <laughs> don't ask me what they did. All those people go to their homes, arrest them. Yeah. Anyway, we have a guest today, and um, if you don't know who he is, like I said, yeah, clearly not really. You're not paying attention to what's going on. Um, yeah. So we have GRV, the Labour Party gubernatorial candidate for Lagos. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. In the studio. Thank um, you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for coming. Um, yeah. So we're just going to have, for the first time, FK and I are going to try not to talk too much, which is yeah, a big which challenge. Yeah, which is a new is a big concept <laughs> on this um on podcast. this hallowed podcast. So normally at this stage, what we'll do is we would people sending to us their problems because we're wise. Okay. Um, <laughs> why did you laugh? Why did why you laugh, laugh like no, that? Because of the intonation on the wise. <laughs> no, no, it's to show you the level of wisdom. I love that. <laughs> you get that we bring to the table because there you last is as if you don't, no, you no, don't no, believe no, no, that we're wisdom wise. is profited, profited, <laughs> profited to direct. To direct. <laughs> exactly. And that is what we do here, direction. <laughs> and so, but instead of sending it to us, they've sent it to you Okay. Today mm-hmm. to um answer for them. So we're just gonna do a QA so that you know people can get to know who you are, what your plans are, and such. As we all know, the elections are coming up on Saturday. We're yeah. rolling out. Yeah. So we Wait, will... before we get to the question, should we ask him how he is and all yeah, those things? How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I think you know, I run for local government chairman, I run for Senate, mm. so I've built capacity. So you do run. You do normally going <laughs> to run it. Yes, I am. I am. That's nice. But, but I think that um, the good thing is that I have a very good support system. Yeah. And, and that has also helped me and it's kept me going. Awesome. Okay, okay great. Okay, okay. We're going to kick off. I'm okay, looking at my first. phone because of the questions. Not like, I'm not just like, <laughs> on WhatsApp. Just <laughs> browsing. your podcast. Um, okay, so do I want to start? Yes. Okay, please. let's. So there are a lot of questions with similar themes. Um, I just want to find sort of the ones that are phrased in the most interesting ways. People are very interesting in the way that they send us questions. Okay, I'm going to come with what I think is the most popular question, <laughs> which has been phrased in several um, different ways. And so Bolaji says, you know, there is the narrative that you don't have the relevant experience in governance or executive leadership and that he really likes your ideas. But due to a perceived lack of of experience, Mm -hmm. he fears that you might not be able to execute them when you come into government or if you come into government. And I think a lot of the questions around this is generally just, you know, you have a certain background, you know, you're an architect having a certain experience, but you haven't been in government. You haven't been in, you know, led an organization with a large amount of people, you know. So people are like, these are great ideas. How do they then translate to implementation given this lack of experience in this area? What do you say to that? I always say to that, I say, 
what experience is Awolowo have? He's the greatest premier. I mean, most of these leaders look up to Awolowo and try to modify, to um, mold themselves in his image, mm-hmm. literally. What experience did he have? But he pushed the agenda for the Yoruba yeah. people in ways that no other person has. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Alaji Latif Jakonde. What experience did he have? was a journalist. Yeah. And he rose high in journalism, yeah. yes, but it was not um, government experience. Yeah. See, I say to people, the most important thing, one, is love. And and I think His Excellency Peter Bia has made it okay again to talk about love in governance because ultimately, you are shepherding people mm-hmm. and you must love them, right, to give your all to ensure that their lives are better and you give your time and whatever capacity you lack, you build it because that is your main focus. I will always say that, I'm actually paraphrasing a quote from him. He will say that the reason why he's so focused and he can achieve so much is because when his friends are busy hobnobbing and um, playing around with girls and ladies of easy virtue in his words, he's busy at home thinking about how the lives of his people can be better. You need to be a thinker. And we sort of lost that in our um, governance for a very long time. It was no longer okay to have ideas and to be able to articulate manifestos and thoughts. I remember when I got into politics, they would say, your grammar is too much. You know, they just want you to crack a joke, a chant, and then go back home, right? And then share money and people will vote. So we have moved away from that now. Mm-hmm. And it's about ideas. And also another thing to be said is that what quality of experience do these people in government have right now? Their experience is pretty much focused on state capture and maintaining the status quo. They've mastered the art of stealing money and hiding it. Right? They've mastered the art of politics. They've mastered the art of tokenism. And they've mastered the art of state capture. So if I am coming from that mm. level of experience, I don't even think it's in the interest of Lagosians. Because... You know, it's all about maintaining the state capture and we need to get away from that for Lagos to breathe again, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I'm visionary. I've built capacity in terms of understanding how public policy should be done. I'm an architect from all the best schools in the world and I've literally tailored every capacity building professional experience I've had to come back to serve Lagos, whether it's working with the American government's relation to New Orleans after it was flooded. And I chose that particularly because of the situation and similarities with Lagos and flooding. What did you do in that capacity? So it was just creating urban design, increasing uh, mass housing, but doing it in a way that you don't dehumanize the people. Because there's a way of building mass housing and affordable housing that almost becomes a ghetto. Yeah. Right? Especially where places that that have low saddles and water can easily flood, the high land is always more valuable. Right? So... Trying to create that kind of balance and something that was endeared to because of the situation in Lagos State. I felt it would, it would serve me well yeah. when I come back. And then working with Chinese government also in terms of urban, increasing density and building vertically, but without losing the communal touch that comes with traditional Hutong houses, right, which is the courtyard house. Which is like our abole that yeah. we Pretty much, yes, yeah. exactly okay, cool. that. And then when I moved back to Nigeria, I got into affordable housing. Right, I partnered with Temple Housing. I was consulting on that. I worked with state governments, right, and we did a lot of working for University of Lagos. Mm. We did advisory on how to create affordable housing that delivers at forty percent less than the actual cost. Yeah. So, um, when you have a heart of service, you have the cerebral capacity, you have the vision, and you have the love for your people. Yeah. Lagos will be so much better off. Mm. And I still say, with all the experience that they had. We're still asking who gave the order of no someone. We are. We are. We are. We are. Don't we? I mean, they didn't ask me. But my big thing has always been um, just generally with things you don't know, do you have the desire to learn? Yeah. Exactly. Do you have the desire to work with people who, because I haven't done work with government, but one thing I've always found very interesting just generally is how averse people are to building teams where somebody knows more than, more than you. you. You know, in politics, it's not a good look to have a, a star in your team that's not you. So, I mean, that's something that I wonder about, like, And, and that's a really building. good, it's a really good question because you find that insecurity, a, a leader's insecurity can literally 
ruin a state. Yeah. Because you will not surround yourself by people that have the capacity to actually drive what you're trying to mm-hmm. achieve. And that's why it's also good to have people that are highly cerebral so they're not insecure, right? I think that the smartest person in the room is the person that admits that they don't know something and they ask questions. So when I I got into politics, I knew I had to go back to school, Mm. right? And I I knew I had to go to school in Nigeria. So I went back to the University of Lagos and I got a master's in research and public policy from political science department because it's not enough to just want to serve people. Yeah. You must know the technicalities of policy formulation, policy implementation, and how you go about it in general. Also deepen my knowledge of Nigeria and Lagos as well. Oh, okay. Up next, um, someone is asking, wait, Ome. I think that's the pronunciation or Omi saying, how do you convince people that are scared of voting for you because they want the current administration to finish projects they've started with them and they think you will stop them? People are scared they will lose their job and believe that the current administration has had a master blueprint for Lagos for the last 24 years. The master blueprint has seen in Lagos where we're surrounded by water and we don't have portable water. Master blueprint has seen the proliferation of young men on the streets wasting their lives, carrying sticks, chasing down foods. Right? This master blueprint has seen a level of insecurity in Lagos State and a situation where we rank lower than Kaduna in terms of ease of doing business, and they actually deal with Boko Haram issues. And we're supposed to be capital of Niger- commercial capital of Nigeria. Yeah. So, um, for me, our job, we believe in dignity of labor. We're focused on getting people to earn a living wage, not a minimum wage. And I'm sorry, but if you are stealing from the Commonwealth of Lagos and you're not giving us the best deal, you have every reason to be worried. Right, I'm not going to mince words. We don't have enough resources to take care of the over almost over twenty something million people. Yeah. So I cannot sit back and be saying yes, keep stealing from us, right? When the entire Badagri division is languishing with lack of government presence, or you have the Holy Kodu division also suffering from lack of government presence. Even Lagos Central, you go into the inner roads, you see there is a mess. So we have so much to do now. You're adding value to Lagos State. We are going to work with you. Yeah. We are working with people of value. You have ideas that you have not been able to push through because you don't know this person in government or whatever. We will work with you, right? And we are ready to backtrack on whatever project that there is because we, I'm not here to steal. I don't want your money. I don't want your kickbacks. So I also know that as a business, it's going to be cheaper for you to work with mm-hmm. me, right? So we can backtrack and say, okay, how can you deliver this service in the fastest possible time at the most, at the cheapest, cheapest, yes, that's the word, at the cheapest possible rate for my people? And if we can achieve that and we feel you can bring that value, then you have nothing to worry about. But it must be ready to renegotiate because I'm not going to come in and carry on this profit legacy of the way they just spend money and steal mm-hmm. There's a part of that question that I think is specifically towards people, civil servants, people working mm, in the current Exactly. Mm. And I say to civil servants, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. See, Alaji Latif Jakonde achieved in four and a half years what this current government has not been able to do in two decades. And he did it with the civil service. Right. So I believe that when the head leaves, well, the body will follow. We're going to increase the salaries of civil servants, equip them in ways that they need to be equipped to create a modern state-of-the-art government, right? And we want to work with you. I mean, it's not you have nothing to worry about. Your pensions are going to be paid on time. All these funding that are being leaked from governments, they are going to be going to better your lives. Because I know when your lives are better, you can you will not be collecting the bribes that you're currently collecting. And that is costing us a lot in terms of ease of doing business and for businesses to flourish in Lagos State. Mm-hmm. So that opportunity cost that we lose because we are paying peanuts, right? is much higher yeah. than if we actually pay civil servants what they actually deserve, yeah. right? So you can trust that your lives are going to be much better with me and we're going to create a legal state that works for all of us that will be beneficial to your children yeah. because your decisions cannot just be about what you're getting in Alausa. Your children, your family should also benefit from a legal that works for us all. Okay, so I have a question. This is actually my question. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody wrote it. So FK says... <laughs> So the thing is, you know, I think that people have a a borderline distrust for certain professions. Yes. Like politicians. Of course. Because 
the game of politics is a game of making promises and smokes and mirrors. That's actually really the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. And politicking is very different from governance. Exactly. So the posture of a politician during a campaign, wow, there's just, you know, you're just akin to Jesus, just (laughs) everything, you're just listening to everybody, shaking everybody's hands. And then you get into governance and all of a sudden, it is not high priority for you to be as accountable to people. Mm. So my question is, is my main issue with politics, politicians and all of that, especially kind of in this kind of close scenario where we're getting to talk to you, answering questions and making promises is always, what is your view on accountability? To, to a very practical level of, there's things you've said so far now, the things you say in the rest of this interview and all, or, you know, all around the things you said, these are my plans are what I'm going to do. How do you think about accountability in the sense that what kind of structure are you going to put in place to keep yourself accountable? But also for us, the people that are listening to you, should you get into power to hold you accountable to say, okay, this is what I said I would do. And because what I find is that there are really no direct avenues to hold feedback. anybody accountable. Feedback loops. There's no much. feedback, you no, know. Don't, you see? Don't, don't steal my answer. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I want to, I've, in fact, I don't know if I'm stealing the question or in a footnote paragraph. Exactly. You know, sometimes in an exam, you have questions. Yeah, so a, let me answer the question. You have writing to get ahead. This is, that's where I am now. Those are tiny. Because, because, because I'm very passionate about what you've yeah. talked about. Yeah. But you know, even more, you see, most politicians typically have bought their way into office or muscled their way into office. This is the first time that people are putting politicians in, not because of the money that they are giving, but because of love, because of hope. So, His Excellency Peter Obi and this obedient movement has redefined politics in Nigeria. It really has. And based on that, you've created a new type of politician because a politician is a reflection of the people that take the politics seriously. And the people that have taken politics seriously, they care about your manifesto. Mm-hmm. They care about your vision. They care about your delivery. And they will call you out. Exactly. They believe in transparency. So for me, this is what I've been advocating for since I got into politics. So you don't understand. I've, I'm, the, I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. <laughs> okay. Right? So for me, transparency and accountability. First, 10 days in office, we are publishing all legal state accounts. Line by line items. You are not going to have to ask for it. It will be there. It will be updated regularly. So I'm saying all this on camera. So I'm going to watch all of these interviews where after I'm after no I'm worry, declared the winner. It. No problem. <laughs> so no, I won't wait for you to send it. But this is the thing, right? We're going to we're going to share this information in terms of infographics and then carry people along through our decision making so they can How, see the huh? opportunity cost. So for instance, we have this is our budget. We have a hundred million for Ikeja local government. We could get so many schools done for 70 million or we could get so many hostels done for this amount. And then we show you how all that is broken now. See, in this year now, we're going to make this decision because of this, 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 this. Now, you're building trust because now there's dialogue. I've always said we cannot leave politics and governance to just the politicians. The more people get involved, the better this country will be. And the only way to do that is by promoting this dialogue and building trust. That's the first thing. Secondly, I'm going to have a radio show, right, where we talk about issues per local government for the week. Then I come on on Friday and address all those issues, or my deputy governor comes on and addresses those issues. And it's a way of feedback, right? Because, you see, there's a subconscious thing that we sort of start to lose a part of our humanity when you get into this office. And it's the little, little steps. For instance, you start moving in a bulletproof car. You start having people that are shielding you, right? You start having to be very conscious of your environment and everything. And you start becoming more secure and you're starting to lose touch. You're starting to lose touch. People around you are only telling you about the good things that you are doing. Yeah. So it's important to always put yourself with the people, with the people. So radio interviews, not radio interviews, so a show, yes, radio but show. it's going to be very directed sure. and it's solving problems. It's, yeah. it's, it's about solving problems and gets people to voice and have feel, feel government, right? That's the second thing. The third thing, I'm going to have rotational government. So my government, my seat, will be moving between the four divisions, right? What does that look like? So for instance, I'll be spending a week in the Badagri division. Sure. So if you want to see me, you come to Badagri. I also have to go by road 
or go by water. All of these things gives you that pulse. Your hand is on the pulse of everything. I'm supposed to say centrally and making plans, right? And then you're interacting because I want to lift the quality of our local government chairman, right? I know that the state assembly is very important, but the local government chairmen are the mini governors in those places. I want to have close relationships with them. So I'm going to always be present. Right. And these are things I'm committed to doing so that even the people in these different places feel the presence of their governor. Right. And this will keep me grounded. I think that in power, the seeds of his own destruction are sown in it and they flourish when there is no feedback loop. And when you are not, your feet are not on the ground, you are not grounded. So you must actively make sure that you are grounded. And so, so these are some of the things that I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. So we'll be calling in. Please do. Every Friday like this. Hello, sir. GRV, I'm in Badagri. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about fair it. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Um, there's a fun question here <laughs> from the Igbo who says, he found love that he talks about so passionately. So what will he do to promote relationships and help single people? Okay, so, <laughs> so so the first thing that we'll do... There's a long question, though. You oh, just wow. question. It says, will it make it easier for single women to rent houses so we can visit? What will it do about traffic so Ajatu Yaba will no longer be a long-distance relationship? People can't visit each other quickly by 1 a.m. due to insecurity. And we need more women in tech so they can spoil us with money. So this Fantastic. is, a, this is a, your, the type of constituent. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, but it's true because people don't realize the human side to bad governance. A man comes back, is coming back from home after a stressful day in the office. He's sitting there in three hours traffic. He comes back home, small arguments with his babe. They start fighting. He beats her. He's a bad man for touching or raising his hands on a woman. Yes, I'm not making any excuses for domestic violence. Please don't, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying that life could be much easier if you didn't have to deal with that traffic, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And you don't know how much traffic has destroyed relationships oh, and homes. So, <laughs> oh, no, no, we know. So for us, we are going to tackle traffic, the traffic problem in Lagos. One, by dredging our waterways properly, okay. right? So that we can start to have ferry services. Okay. Because a lot of people don't use water transportation because of the small size of the boats and they feel that it can capsize. It's also a bad experience, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been in it. Like yeah. Yes, yes. So, so what we need to do is have ferries that are more comfortable. You can drive on and then drive off. Have into so mo- car ferries. Yes, car ferries. No, both. Okay. Both. So you can choose to use your car and get on it. Or, you know, so you have proper connections. Secondly, I'm going to ensure that, I, for instance, I like the idea of, you know, the conversation about Aja. We're going to have a belt road that links um, Oniru VI all the way down to Bejuleki on one side. On the other side, it could do all the way down to Ekpe. And then we're going to link them by bridges six kilometers long. Right, so these these are very easy, actionable things because these are not long bridges. But in doing this, we created the belt road, which is a very efficient design for moving people around. What's it? Sorry. A belt road is like when you have a road that's doing like this and then it's connected. So like in London, you have the Thames. Sure. Right, and they have all the bridges, almost across fifty-two the tent, across. Just across. Right? So it's interweaves. Interweaves. Smiling architects. It's like interweaves. I'm passing it. I'm passing it. It interweaves. You know the exact number of bridges across. <laughs> it, it, it interweaves the city. Yeah. As opposed to having like the third Milan bridge that's just like one long, one long car park. Okay. You want to come and do a fourth Milan bridge, another long car yeah. park. No, you have to have these interwoven type of sure. designs. I'm not saying that the fourth Milan bridge. Is completely is a complete disaster. Yeah, we'll look into it, other. but you need multiple, very well interwoven yeah. design. So there is that, and then also we're going to ensure that we start to reduce the number of cars on the road. We want to open up the BRT lane to private hailing companies because people are waiting for forty minutes, fifty minutes for a bus. That should not be the case. We don't have enough BRT buses, and the government should not be the only ones having to buy BRT buses. Sure. Right, so the public, the private sector should be able to get involved because we need as many people, as many buses that can carry as many people on those lanes, right? And it's going to be a plug and play situation. You don't need to know the who is who in government. You have your bus, you respect it, start using the lane, right? You pay whatever taxes or commission to the state. It's that simple. Plug and play. We're a government of platforms. 
symptom waste management as well. That is how we're going to function. This is good because this is actually shocking my industry. <laughs> so I have a recycling factory and then okay. oh, there's actually a question about mm-hmm. about recycling um, well waste management. About waste management. Mm-hmm. Actually I want to find the exact wording. It goes along the lines of Lagos is dirty. Very dirty and stinky <laughs> as well. Lagos is dirty but I was Yeah I had to... dinner with a friend of mine um, who she lives in London and Whenever we would come out of a space, she'd be like, Lagos really smells. It stinks. <laughs> you don't realize it until you go out of Lagos. And I'm not talking traveling abroad. No, no, no. Just go to Ibadan or go to... go to. There, there was a time where I spent almost like two months in Ibadan. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I was driving into Lagos, it just hits me. It yeah. hit the stink. Take me. Right? But Ibadan, like the air is so good. Yeah, I don't realize like yeah. the level of pollution and just... The, the stink of Lagos, and that needs to change if we want to attract tourists to be able to come. FKZ on Omer's question. Um, no. So there was somebody else, but I don't think I highlighted it. But I remember what she said. It said they don't pick up the bin in front of my road, <laughs> and it's always very dirty. And then there's another question that says, "Hi, dear. Have you given your interest in waste management? Yes, that's on Omer. What are your concrete plans to tackle plastic, air, and noise pollution in Lagos State? How you tackle the human behavior aspect? For example, people throwing garbage." Um, on the road, as well as existing agencies, Loma, uh, sorry, so one on second. and so forth, to achieve these plans. Oh, sorry, to achieve these plans in the air. But there were a lot of comments like that, like, mm-hmm. Lagos is nasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It smells bad. Yeah. You know, there was a comment that, what are you going to do about the fact that when you land at the airport and you come outside, you are hit yeah. with the smell of Lagos yes, and all yes, of that. Yes. So well, how do you look at that from me? The actual problem of, okay, there's pollution everywhere. And then the secondary problem of the existing agencies and you have to work within that. that yeah, so, so for me, I believe that first, waste management, when we're not doing waste management in Lagos State. We're doing picking and dumping. Sure. Right? So waste management involves recycling, upcycling, and waste to wealth sorts of systems. Right? And for me, this must be domiciled at local government level. Mm-hmm. That's why there's such poor uptake because everything is centralized. Sure. Right. So Loma must come down to the local government level. Right. Because local government will then be able to reap when we say we're converting waste to wealth, their interest in be able to generate funding then ties into how much uptake they will have of that policy and how they will enforce it. Our waste must be separated from the home. Right. Organic waste must be separate and organic waste routes must be separate and different from plastic waste routes. Right? So it starts to become an efficient system, right? And community-based waste management must actually kick in, must actually come into place. So if people are aggregating plastics, they're aggregating it from the house, from local government, and it's going to in a particular direction, right? And all the other agencies that are involved in that must then create an aggregation, right? So that you are not seeing plastic waste all over. You are going to Igomu, um, around that Papa area, seeing plastic. plastic you are going to Amor Dauphin, on this area, going towards, plastic, um, yeah. you are seeing huge plastics there. We, we need to have a central place so we can also achieve economies of scale. So the state can now say, okay, the energy that you need here, we can help provide it. All of you aggregate, let us see what we can do with this. Because after human capacity, the biggest resource we have in Lagos State is waste. That's what people don't understand. Because we have such a small footprint and a huge population, yeah. the amount of waste we generate is huge. Enormous. And the space by which you can, you have to move to get waste is also small. If you're in Quara State, right, and you had the same population, but because of the landmass, the cost of moving, I guess, is going to be phenomenal. So it will not pay off as it would in Lagos State. So we need to maximize and create economies of scale in waste management. So these are the things that I'm going to work with all the agencies because a lot of people have been doing fantastic stuff in this space. We're going to bring them and we're going to build this policy with them. Another thing that we're going to be looking at doing is putting a cost on each plastic bottle that you can then recoup when you return it. These are this is not rocket science. It's something that's being done done in Europe. It's done elsewhere, right? Also, we're going to be looking at changing the situation of having nylon bags. We want to start making bags out of cassava um, flan, cassava liquid, because it will decompose over a week, over two weeks when it's in the ground. Now, how is the process of doing that? What will be the uptake? How we carry the market women along, right? How we bring the farmers into that as well. And then it pays off more because it creates more jobs yeah. as well. 
So, after the elections, mm-hmm. I'm going to be tracking all the results so that they don't have to do one thing, one thing. <laughs> and I shall be doing that at 2023elections.ng. Or, 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 if you are up to date, you get advanced, advanced, technologically advanced. Um, you can also check it out on the Stairs mobile app. Spell Stairs. S-T-E-A-R-S. Not Stairs. <laughs> um, and you... Don't need to look out for every single thing. So you like can, for example, I don't care what I'm doing in the battle, so yes. I won't be checking that. So in my own case, yeah. it would be presidential, senate, governorship, Lagos State House of Reps. Yeah, you can select the, the, run, the you're races interested in, that yeah. you're interested in, yeah. and then you can track those until the results come out. So you can be looking at the numbers as mm-hmm. they come in. It's a numbers game ultimately. Yeah, you can have fun games, you know, yeah. where you can try and predict who's gonna win and such. Yeah, and, and that is it. Free.com. It is. Absolutely so 2023elections.ng or the Stairs Mobile app. app. All right, guys, back to the episode. So these are the innovative things we'll be looking at to solve the problem and also generate wealth. Speaking of market women, Omoya Oniresi, is that it? Yes. Yeah. says, hi, Jola and FK. Hello to JRV also. Welcome back from the holiday. Like the added one. I'm not really quite happy. I don't feel like she didn't feel like I'm not here. Welcome back from your holiday and hope you guys feel better concerning the backlighting I neck did to all of us. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and I'm going to go straight to my question. It's about market men and women and the handling of markets in general because we all know they play a huge role in the city's cultural and economical structure. My mom is a market woman in Lagos Island and what was used to campaign to them was Jaravi's pedigree and how he would be unable to relate to the predicament of common masses. For years, the markets have dealt with different governments coming in with different rules and regulations. They demolish the markets and give controls to individuals who say they are building plazas yes. and rent back to these women at exorbitant prices, making some lose their income and they, and they can't, because they can't afford new rent. Imagine renting out a store for 5 or 10 million per year and this store doesn't even have enough space for one chair. Sometimes markets are never reconstructed, which turns a once boisterous commercial place to a wasteland like and affects the drainage system of the city and causes traffic. Look at Sand, Sand Grouse Market in mm-hmm. Lagos Island. Yeah. Also, inside the markets, during rainy seasons, there are literally no-go areas because mm-hmm. of flooding and people get rainbows to go about their daily activities. Case in study, I'm going to butcher these names, man. Ereko Market, um and all around the Dumata markets, people have mm-hmm. people have gotten sick and even died. Yes. How will you tackle these issues? What plans do you have for these people? How are you going to talk to these people? Please, they don't have a lot of knowledge and some of them don't have a little, they have little knowledge of formal education. Mm. Also, it would be really nice if these issues are addressed because my mother sometimes calls me at 3 a.m. Beyonce time just because her and other market women fear what's going to happen to mm. them. Okay. So, you know... There's a lot of propaganda, but historically, the biggest ally of Herbert Macaulay, who was born with the silver spoon and the most elite of Lagosians, were the market women. Mm. See, this is about love, and I keep talking about that. Right? Love has no class. Yeah. I want the best for you, right? And for me, the markets are fundamental to our success, mainly because what they pay in relation to informal taxation, is way more than what the people paying formal taxes are paying. The percentage of the monies that they pay in tax relative to what they earn is phenomenal. And nobody's accounting for what these monies are being used for. So this is going to change. The whole idea of a woman is selling pure water in Lagos Island. She buys market of pure water of 1,000 naira. Agri will collect 200 naira out of it. What profit is left on that market? So when people say that, oh, the people that have been governing us, they are in touch. They know how to speak our language. They come. Okay, but they are also proliferating poverty for all yeah. of you. Right? They are, they, they, they've done in 20 years. What have, how have they made your life better? The examples that you are giving Lagos Island with flooding is because of the indiscriminate sand feeling of the wetlands of Lagos State. Wetlands are, are natural gutters in a coastal city. When greedy politicians and developers just stand through without thinking about ensuring that water leaves the city, you then find a situation where water is backing up all of Lagos Island, all of the markets, even primary schools. There are days where the children cannot go to school. And this water is so dead sea that even going in it and just being around it makes you sick. 
because a lot of effluence is also coming into it, yeah. right? And this is supposed to be Lagos Island, the heritage of Lagos, right? And you have this all over. So it comes with an urban planning problem. We must always ensure that water can get out of the city. We must implement a proper wetland protection policy that's focused on ensuring that we have our wetlands preserved and protected. And then you can have tourist sorts of developments in there that doesn't involve sand filling, right? And then for the market women, please be reassured that we are now going to bring you in. All those taxes that you're paying informally, we are going to formalize it so you get the direct benefits of these taxes. A woman has been paying informal tax in the market. She is pregnant, she gives birth. She cannot come to the market. So what kind of maternity leave payments is she going to get? Mm. So this must be formalized so that the government, the local government or the state government can give her an allowance for those times where she cannot be at the market to earn an income. Secondly, you've seen in markets where a woman has like two kids. She's using her leg to hold one. She's selling by gutter. She's using her leg to hold one so that that child does not go into gutter. You know, another hand to hold one she's selling. Yeah. There should be a crash in that market. Right? That in that crash, the education is universal across Lagos State. Because technology allows us to do that yeah. now, right? And these are benefits that they are going to be getting. Isn't that meant, that's like technically what the local government is supposed to do. It's right? supposed to that's, be doing, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be doing, but they are not doing that because they are well. They are not really visionary. I mean, they are just um, um, so contractors, yeah. really. So, so for me, market women are extremely important to us. We love them. We want to ensure that their businesses thrive and they make more money. We're going to connect more roads into those places, ensuring that it's not flooding so that more people can come. The more people and more transactions that are made in legal states, the more they can pay in terms of taxes. But it must be formal, it must be transparent. So we, they can see this is the amount of money that has been paid. Yeah. And we can now say, okay, out of this money, we are going to use for environmental works in this market. Whatever income is coming must be plowed back, back in, in, right? And that's the only way their lives can actually improve. So four years down the road, when I'm coming back to seek re-election, I can say, mommy, has your life actually improved? And then they can truly answer us, right? Not a situation where you're paying all these monies and you still have to be responsible for the cleaning of your market. Yeah. You still have to be responsible for the money to pay for security for your market. So what are they doing with all this money? Yeah. In fact, what is Lagos doing with all this IGR that they're getting? Because we are indebted. Right? How much debt are we in? I think at the last count, almost one point something trillion. Right? Sorry? And then about... about, about Sorry? Yeah, one point something trillion. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and then about 10 point something, 10, I'm sorry, the numbers, I'm a bit sketchy. I know we, we borrowed another, is it 300 billion this time? You know, so it's ridiculous. And the money is not showing. Where is the money going? Who is supposed to pay? <laughs> it's, it's, us, it's us. It's us. It's us that are going to pay. We're going to pay directly and indirectly because uh, yes. the opportunity cost of what that money should have been used for will be used to servicing those loans. Yeah, yeah. This debt is giving who ordered for that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not me. Okay, I have a question. Um, Hi, Ake Angela. I just want to express how much I love you guys. Please don't leave us again like you did last time. Waiting for us to talk. Hello, please. <laughs> now to my question, Mr. Jerry. Good afternoon. Hello. As a recent graduate living in Lagos and st- trying to start out in this real world. Sorry, this is Jola's Bubu speaking. <laughs> I wanted to find out what is your plan for housing for young Lagosians? I've yes. been house hunting for a year now. And to get a decent studio apartment that's affordable and not in the slums feels like an impossible dream. Yeah. How can we start out our lives when there's barely any option for us on where to lay our heads? Working on the island and living in Korodu is hell. Exactly. Getting a place to stay around Suruleri, Yaba and places close to the island is hell as well. Please, I would really appreciate if you could tell us your plans for housing as the architect of Lagos and plans for when you are going to arrest the criminals posing as real estate developers. <laughs> Thank you. So on the short term, low-hanging fruits, we're going to incentivize companies that allow their workers work from home, mm-hmm. right? That's short term, right? So the more they can do that, the more tax uh, reductions that they will get. Secondly, that, just, that's also, that also helps get people off the road share. Yes. So that's, that's the first thing. Can I, sorry, mm-hmm. ask about that? Because then when you have more people working at home, you have to address the secondary problem of internet. Of? Internet. Well, that is then more business will be able to come in and solve those problems, right? But the main idea now is this. The inconvenience in terms of time, the amount of productive hours that you gain 
the energy, the quality of life significantly improves. So that's a short-term goal. For some companies, it might not be realistic. I mean, like you guys now, you need people to be here mm-hmm. to man cameras and stuff. But some people, your editor does not need to come in, right? So incentivizing that, that's a short-term, that's one short-term goal. Secondly, we must build purpose-fit, affordable, multi-income housing. So you see in Japan, they have capsule apartments. You just have a bed and you have a study space. These are apartments that will be built all across Lagos State, right? So that young people can have a place that is close to their work and it's a place that is actually designed to truly be affordable. Because a three-bedroom place, a two-bedroom place is not efficient, right? And right now, you're just looking for a place to lay your bed, lay your head, and work. So that's one. Also, the decentralization of development in Lagos State. I mean, look at all examples that you gave. They want to live in Surulere because it's close to the island. Coming from Ikorodu. So we've talked about draining our waterways. We've talked about gathering data on our water level so we can put that to the private sector mm-hmm. so they can also get involved. And then the dredging of our waterways will now be data-driven because we are trying to get the sun out for the particular direction we're right. trying to go. So if you can now take a ferry and come from Ikorodu to Marina, and you are doing that in 30, 45 minutes, it's okay to live in yeah. Kurdu. But the problem is you are waking up at 4, 4.35 to try to get to work for 8. So that's the problem. So we need to dredge our waterways, make it easier for you to live in other parts of Lagos and come centrally. Also, we're going to be incentivizing companies to go and set up in Lagos East and Lagos West. Whether we're going to give them free land based on the multiple that they're going to um, hire, these are incentives that we're going to put in because we must take the most decentralized development mm-hmm. in Lagos. We cannot just have one-way traffic in the morning, one-way traffic okay. in the night. Okay. Uh, now, we've created a new terminal traffic going from um, the island all the way down to Aja. Yeah. Right? So, that needs to change. Right? And it shows very poor development when you just see one-way traffic that way. So, for me, these are the things that we're going to be doing. And we're also going to focus on openly making our... Um, uh, affordable housing units are available to the people, right? The situation where these people build units, most of them are still empty because they've sold it to themselves and they're reselling it on the market, mm. right? And then when you hear the price, you're asking affordable, what? Affordable to yeah, who? Totally. You know? But when you do this, when we do this, it's going to be like a lottery system. So let's say you can enter the lottery with 150,000, right? And then we'll do an open lottery and the winner is gets to stay there Right? But you don't get to own to sell. Mm. It belongs to the government. When you don't, when you are not using it anymore, you hand it back. The government gives it to someone else that needs it. I mean, this is something that's done in England, council mm-hmm. homes. Council this is a standard. You know, so there must it's sort of a social welfare net that must be open and transparent. If you own a council flat in London and they find out that you're renting out to somebody else, you get into big yeah. trouble. And now, because we have the BVN, you can tie so many charges to that that will follow the person. So we set the rules, we set the laws. If you need to move out, move out, give it back Mm -hmm. so that someone else that needs it can use it. So again, it goes back to openness and transparency, accountability, you know, and decentralizing our development and creating urban renewal for sustainable communities all across Lagos State. Awesome. Okay, I have a question that's twofold. This person calls themselves Jola's Tiny Purse. Says, hi girls, and my incoming Lagos State Governor, rooting really hard for you to win this election. My first question is your plan on including feminist foreign policy into governance in Lagos State. Second question, which is probably even more important than the first, is what's your plan to bring Berry Blast Black into circulation? I've been looking for it since October 6th last year, and I am tired. Can I just say that there are at least 10 questions <laughs> no, no, no. about the Berry Blast, Blast and issue. Ice tea. So there's so actually there's three questions I would say there's there's the there's a question of the price of iced tea has gone up significantly. And then Alex also asked, what are you going to do about the price of bottles in the club? Now, all these questions are, <laughs> all these questions are actually about inflation. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. The very last question, I think you must address it because it's gone. Um, and I think it should be a government order <laughs> and they should bring it back. Um, so there's the question of things are not around, but I think a lot of people are asking, obviously in a silly way, everything is getting more, more expensive. expensive. Someone says see the price of Capricorn yeah. in the market. So. Yes, I mean, it's a reflection of our currency. Mm-hmm. as well, the loss of value of our currency and the difficulty in bringing things in, mm-hmm. right? So ultimately, with His Excellency Peter will be reclaiming his mandate, I'm sure that these problems will be solved um, by God's grace in, because he will definitely make trade a lot easier 
in Lagos. But there was a first part of that question. Feminist foreign policy. Yes. Now, you know, there's always this um, misconception about feminism. What is this? Um, and then there's the patriarchal sort of response and defensiveness to it. For me, for me, feminism is about giving women equal rights in whatever it is. So if it's salaries, let them get the same. If it's privileges, let them have the same, right? And that for me is sacrosanct, right? Because you also have to understand that women are primary caregivers in the event that they are. Women are part of our society. They make up more than half of our society. And their input in policy making is extremely if extremely important if you want to carry half of your population along, mm-hmm. right? So my government is going to have a minimum, minimum starting point of 35% inclusion, minimum starting point. And it's not really going to be about affirmative action. It's going to be, about, there are a lot of excellent women, right? There are excellent women all around, you know, and they have to be part of your government, just like you have the differently abled people that want to also be part of government so they can also include because when we're all talking, we're all talking, we're all making policy. If people's interests are not being put on that table, they will be left out. Mm-hmm. So it's just a practical thing. It's not even anybody's doing anybody favors. You want to have a good government that everybody feels you. You, you need to, to make sure involved. you carry people yeah. along. That's why you make policy with people, not for the people. Right? It's extremely important. That's why you see, so they say they're doing this, they're doing that. It makes headlines. But the people are not feeling it, right? So that's what needs to happen. Um, if there's any direct question, because feminism is a very broad thing, but there are more direct questions that can be answered. I mean, so for instance, maternal one. health, you know, for instance, um, um, sexual health, um, domestic violence, um, ensuring that they have a voice and also celebrating the voice, right? Because, see, I, I have always been attracted to strong women. It's something, right? A, a woman that have a vision, women that are outspoken. If, if you see me today here, it's because I have a lot of women behind me, right? Women that have encouraged me, right? So we are better off as a society when women also take rise to their responsibility mm-hmm. and rise to their... And you know what is that even interesting that people don't realize? It, they always say feminism is this thing that came from abroad. But we, are, we have had female kings. Yeah, go back. actually, people don't like, realize. a lot people of our don't societies know in Africa are deeply matriarchal. Yes, it's, yes. You know. hey, look at the history of the pharaohs. The Kadanke was... This was the mother of the pharaoh. Go to Ghana. Yeah. The king's mother is literally like a king. Yeah. Right? And it goes all through. There's so many matriarchal societies and, and it goes back. This is not new stuff. Right? And they are respected. Yeah. Right? They have a pride of place. So it's not so much if I, I even think, I'll go as far as saying, and please forgive me, but this is just historical thoughts. Our women lost a lot of their rights and position based on the incoming of religion and colonialism. Yeah. And I a lot agree. of people think that Africans were just these backward people that did not respect their women. And that's also because we don't know our history. And this is why history is very important. When you actually know your history, you see the pride of place that women always had in society. It, it lost, it got lost, you know, with colonization. Fair enough. Okay. So local man says, I cannot eat and pay 22.5% VAT slash tax slash Lagos State consumption ETC. IGR must not equal theft. How do you plan to streamline taxation, eliminate double taxation, exactly. and most importantly, get the illegal taxes termed Omonile and um, boys gone for good? So there were quite a few questions about, about the fact that doing business is like, very difficult. expensive. I have a factory that I'm setting up. I cannot tell you the number of agencies I've had to pay all the separate money to. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense. Yeah. A lot of times it's a negotiable fee, yeah. which means that there's no standard yeah. for what you're charging. Which you means that money is just going to someone's pocket. Yeah, so you're just, you're paying tax here, you're paying another fee here, you're paying another levy here, there and everything. So how, what do you um, think about, about eliminating double so taxation? So it, it must be done, right? It must be streamlined. So all these monies that are being collected can be accounted for. And then direct benefits must then be given to the owners. Uh, Lagos is a Lagos where you're paying a certain level of tax, 
We see the business that you are doing. I will come and ask you, can you use Excel? If you can't, we'll send a team of people to help you, right? Because we want to build your capacity. The government must come across, my government will come across as stakeholders in your success, right? So it cannot just be a mafia shakedown as what it currently is. They see that you have signs that you are doing well, they come in. They look at what Sonolu wanted to do with the tech ecosystem where they saw how much money these guys were making. They wanted to start charging co-hub spaces. They are competing with Uber. They come and bring lag rice. Yeah. If the government wants to be competing, it's all about revenue generation. Yeah. Not enabling environment for revenues to be generated by the people. Government has no business competing with the private sector or the public sector. For me, our responsibility is, is being a gardener. I need people to understand this. I know it might sound sort of funny, but a gardener waters and weeds out obstacles to your growth so that when you grow, we cannot eat the fruit of that labor because we are stakeholders in your success. And that way you grow the amount of revenue that you are generating because people feel that almost, these people are working, they want us to succeed. So when you get your tax bill, it's not going to be something that is frustrating. Look at, in the Netherlands, I think it was Norway, they pay about 40-45% taxes. But there was a guy that I know that said he was in hospital, his wife was giving birth and the king's niece was in the other Mm. So also giving birth and then you know that your taxes are making yeah. sense because all of you are getting the, the same, same service mm-hmm. right and that is where we need to get to as a state because taxes are such a big deal in this state and the relationship between the governed and the governor must be sacrosanct in relation to accountability and transparency and getting you the best value for the money that you're spending mm. awesome. That was a nice one. Um, <laughs> okay, so this person, this is a, another fun question. Um, you answered the first part of the question. This person is asking how you met your wife. There's uh, actually a I must lot. Say, there's a lot. A lot of questions about how you met your wife. Someone said that they need to know the like exact the, the place. Said, this person said, um, I said, sorry, I know that I've lost focus. But please, they want to jot things down. How do you meet your wife? <laughs> no, no, no. It's very simple. Um, I, I was at MIT at the time. I used to come to London frequently because most of my friends were still in England. So I just saw her walk into the club where her face is in Nottingham. Like, ah, this person is very interesting. And then I remember that I then went to see some friends and she was there as well. So that was the second time. And I remember that she was speaking this British phonetic because she went to college there. But then she just flipped a pigeon like that. And I was like, whoa, I like this. <laughs> you know, so that, that got my attention. But we were friends for five, six years, platonic friends. And, you know, we built that relationship. And then, you know, um, God spoke to her. God spoke to me. And then we moved, we moved forward. But it's been, it's been one hell of a ride because we've been through a lot, you know. We've been long-distance relationship for almost seven years. Wow. Right, all that time she's getting PhD and all yeah. of these things. I was in Nigeria, so obviously there's a strain of that. And I don't. The reason why I'm saying this is I don't want people to be seeing pictures and just be thinking, "Oh, yeah. it's one Hollywood romance movie." Um, relationships are hard. Relationships are difficult. But she's an amazing woman. She's a woman that loves Nigeria more than anything. I'll give you an example. Um, she was on a Fulbright scholarship um, by Bill Gates Foundation when she was at Oxford, and we were studying malaria. I'm very passionate about malaria parasites and especially Nigerian malaria yeah. parasites. Then all of a sudden, our supervisor just came and said, eh, no, we don't want to do malaria parasites anymore. We want to focus on Asian parasites. And then she was like, what? This is not going to benefit my people in any way, shape or form. And you know, most people in PhD, they've gone far. Yeah. You know, get supervisor is not easy and everything. But this woman took out a month and said, she, she's, not, she's not interested. That she'd rather start all over again. She came back to, because she was in Thailand at the time, she came back to England, got a master's in um, um, public health, Oxford, found a whole new supervisor and started her PhD all over again wow. on malaria parasites. 
you know. So when I when I say that this person inspires me, <laughs> you understand the kind of so I'm sure I'm sure you know what's throwing me off. Yes, the first session I page now is do masters again for another page. <laughs> <laughs> you get a second yeah, time. She 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 she. Is that she's the kind of person something. where if your she's your friend and your mom says does she have to hurt? Yes, yes she does. <laughs> yes, no, no. she does. And, and it's also I like I like the idea that it's not just about and and I think that's where we sort of blend. It's not just the idea of just getting knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Mm, Everything you are getting, you want to bring it and solve the problem yeah. of your people. You know, so so I think that's what it comes to. That's okay. What okay, so go to a club in Nottingham. Uh-huh. <laughs> if, you, if you are jotting, <laughs> jotting things down, down. <laughs> that's the, the answer. And um, sometimes and sometimes you find you find love when you stop searching. Ah. Governor, I beg. Governor, sir. No, 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 no. I'm serious because sir. it will just land on your shoulder. I know, I know that it's anti. Or oh, maybe your administration. <laughs> With, especially when there's less traffic. Uh-huh. So more people can because move around. As, as Lagos is now, it's shaking and landing on people. Yes, and you have to, I mean, you have to wake up, you plan how you're going to get here and go here and go here. So it takes a lot of serendipity out of yes, the process of yes, finding love. Yes, because mm-hmm. what the streets are seeing is yeah, not. Yeah, uh, that's true. But not, also, I think that. Part of what we're going to be able to achieve as a people and this generation is re-engineering our values, bringing love back into the conversation, bringing dignity of labor back into the conversation, and this whole idea of just superficiality, taking it away, not being afraid to talk about depth of things. I think that also helps. How do you do that as a government? I think engagement. In the things that you celebrate. So, for instance, we're going to be celebrating the teachers that are creating impact in the lives mm-hmm. of their students. We're going to be celebrating doctors that are making sacrifices. We're going to be celebrating the market woman that has been innovative and lifting up orphans. You know, oh, you're giving me ideas. I'm going to use for governance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I celebrated. And I remember there was a time, was a time when um, there was a lot more. There was a time when um, there was a lot more variation in what we celebrated exactly. and I remember there was a time when um, there was a lot more variation in what we celebrated exactly. and I remember there was a time that I wanted to be clever that I wanted to be clever because I wanted to be on the Cowbell Mathematics show yeah. it was really important to yes. me to be clever and yes. there, there were shows at the time where it was about like you know this kid is really smart this is the smartest and it, they were huge All as well it was really really such, yeah. it was really big and then you know there was a time when the like you said the students will vote or write about the best teacher in a Lagos yeah, public yeah, school yeah. then the teacher will now start doing you see the teacher on channels see the teacher Ooh, on NTA and like talking that. so I, it, it is important what you celebrate then becomes exactly, a thing because, because it does shape yes, yes. the way you think I mean for instance we want to have in at least um, two dinners at the state house with public servants, yeah. with civil servants that are doing well, bringing them close to government and people seeing that as an incentive to do better at work. So celebrating the everyday mm-hmm. people, okay. right? Okay, we don't have that much time left. How are going to... No, let's do one, one more. Okay. okay. One or two more. What do you want to touch? Because I'm like, there's, there's topics here. Anyway, people will just be angry. Yes. But we can do this again after I'm declared the governor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Don't worry. That one I don't mind. Don't yeah. worry. We'll do your first radio show. <laughs> no so, this is what you said. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um. Huh, let me see. I'm looking for something that. Okay. Oh no! You've you've kind of spoken a little bit about the internet. There's a lot of questions about abiros and money. Yeah, you don't yeah. ask that one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for me, it's just how how do you? Yes, it's about converting them. It's about converting them to a more productive engagement. How? They generate over 120 billion naira every year, but this point does not show on them. So we're going to domicile skill acquisition centers in all the local governments, do food for skills programs where you come there, you're guaranteed to eat, right? And then you choose the skill set that you want to learn. Because for instance, I'm an architect. If you want to do finishing in a space, you go and look for people from Togo or Kotonou to do your POP, to do your tiling. But there are many unemployed people in the street. So we're going to give them that skills for good finishing and all of that. And then the local government would incentivize companies that come to work there to hire them, right? And that's part of the contract guidelines and stipulations for you to actually work with government, right? So these are some things that we're going to do. And we're going to be, see, it's no longer okay to be a carpenter. You must now become a craftsman, right? And we're going to bring in people to take that skill set to a new level, 
provide all the machines, provide all the equipment that they might need. When I was at MIT and we're using laser cutters and 3D printers, the world did not know about laser cutters and 3D printers. So the idea is create fab labs for people. Once you give them the skills, the machines will be able to do it. You'll be surprised how much potential they can do and how much they can generate. So, And also, it's also about calling them. Oga, that time of using you to suppress votes has passed. I mean, I'm here to work so that people vote me back in, mm. right? So now that you know that, these are now the yeah. options. How do you want to do it? How do you want to move forward? And I believe it will work because every time I go come and I address me and they're like, yeah, like, like, once I just ask them, Oga, if I bring jobs for you, would you leave the street? I keep saying this and I must keep emphasizing this because these guys are dehumanized. I swear to you, their mask comes off. The last time this broke me, one guy was from Unilag. But life happened to him and he ended up on the street. One guy, the next guy next week was from Musuka, right? And about, we are also going to treat the drug abuse issue as a health issue, not a criminal issue. Yeah. I, it's very important to keep emphasizing this because when you treat it as a criminal issue, you dig them even deeper into that criminal system. When you treat it as a health issue, you pull them out, right? And you rehabilitate them and can actually make them more productive members of society. Okay. Um, so this person is called a body with many degrees. Gang, yeah. <laughs> and she says, hello, GRV, my family and I will be voting for you. Thank you. Jola and FK, how far? So, anyways, Oga GRV, how do you plan on capitalizing on Dirty December and tourism in Lagos? These big celebrities need to leave Ghana alone and come Definitely. to Lagos. And that's what, that's what comes with visionary leadership, right? It's also about creating enabling environments, supporting those festivals, supporting the arts that will draw them in and actually marketing this to the rest of the world. Ghana has done a fantastic job and we're going to have to do that as well. Artex is doing fantastically well. Um, Africa Fashion, Fashion, um, Lagos Fashion Fashion Week is doing a fantastic job. So we're going to come in as stakeholders and support that. It connects a lot of other questions about like, for example, we've we've not made value out of our coastline. We don't have any beach strips. Also the fact that you have to pay to go to beaches. Exactly. These are things that we're going to come out. Last, last thing, because I know a lot of people want to know about healthcare and public healthcare. Public healthcare in particular. And also kind of guidelines for private healthcare. Okay, so in terms of public healthcare, first, there's the education of the people on how they engage healthcare systems. Mm -hmm. So there will be first a call post. If you're not feeling well, there's a number you can call and talk to a doctor, right? The next step is diagnosis at the primary healthcare center. So all decisions are data-driven. Now we must have an, a database where digitally your medical records are forwarded on, mm-hmm. right, to the next... Person. Whether it's a general... So if, if the primary healthcare center can't help you, you they are moving... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that you just are not feeling well, you go you directly go to general else, so, so that's where the inefficiency comes in. Secondly, we are going to focus on the demand side of medicine. Currently, there's focus on the supply side. Mm. And demand side ties into um, universal healthcare coverage, mm-hmm. ties into investing in healthcare based on potential insurance and having insurance affordable to everybody. And this ties into the private sector and bringing them in to this, right? So there's micro-health insurance schemes that you can bring at the lowest level to guarantee maximum uptake. Mm. For me, even as a candidate, I've done um, insurance for over 50,000 people mm-hmm. and it's just 500 naira each but you can get treatment of up to 5,000 naira mm-hmm. drugs of up to 5,000 naira right so there is that then also preventative medicine extremely important I know some people might not be happy to hear this but just drinking ago because they're not feeling well they're having kidney disease 10 years down the line or liver disease 15 mm-hmm. years down the line is something that's a very big problem for us as a people. Yeah. Must make sure that even if it's alternative medicine, there must be some level of regulation, right? And we're going to carry them along, right? So we ensure that, and also a better environment to make us more healthy. People that are sitting there in downfall in three hours on Third Million Bridge, imagine all the fumes that they're engaging yeah. on a daily basis. And the anger. Right? And the anger, the <laughs> stress, all of these things. So these yeah. are things that we need There's to change. There's actually a question about addressing the menace of body odor, but I think we'll leave that. <laughs> yes. um, Thank okay. okay. Thank you so much. You so this much has been a lot of fun, This actually. has been fun, very insightful. And I hope everyone, sorry you could not get to all the you all know, 500 questions. questions. No, we actually had 400 and something wow. questions. Wow. Um, you I'll know. come back again. Yes, hopefully <laughs> you've, gotten, you've, you've gotten it. and gotten a good idea. We have something for you. Yeah, just before you go. Just before you go. Well, while it's coming, 
I she's an illiterate. I'm a book lover. Yes. Okay, and I know now. you like. I, love <laughs> I know books. you like reading, okay, and you love, love books. books. So I wanted to ask, what kind of stuff you read? What kind of books do I you love like reading? History. I love history. I think I would have to say, I know this might be a bit cliche, but the book that I really like the most, 48 Laws of Power. Oh, God. Let me tell you why. 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 It's not even about the rules. Okay. It's about the side all the historical stories. Like, for instance, when Michelangelo was doing a sculpture and then somebody was criticizing him from the bottom of the shape of the nose of the sculpture and he not argued the person. He just picked some marble dust and pretended as if he was adjusting it and then he let some of the dust mm-hmm. fall. You see, these are very insightful stories that then... That then um, uh, oh, that's so sweet. Okay, <laughs> so we found uh, out that, that this when episode comes out, this airing, yes, this episode comes out tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and you turn Gary's fortieth birthday. So, so got you what they're calling a mini cake, mini cake, yes. tiny cake. Thank you mini so cake. much. I'm um, so grateful. So yeah, do you wanna hand it over? Okay. To the Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Let's put it down. Mm. Thank you. Oh, yes. this is, thank you so much. I'm really grateful. Ah, yes. Yeah. So good luck to you thank and everything you. with thank all you. the back ache that's coming. I hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear yeah. that's what comes around with 40. In your 40s. Um, but yeah, um, super accomplished. I mean, anybody that can go to MIT, as far as I'm concerned, massive accomplishment. And then some. Um, so yeah, we're rooting for you. You know, thank thumbs you. up thank and all that so fantastic so stuff. Okay, and happy birthday. Well. 